0: Hello, welcome to the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by OSU beat writer Kelly Hines. Kelly, always good to be with you. Let's talk a little OSU Baylor. Uh, OSU has done everything they needed to do in the non-conference. This is their first road game. Baylor obviously beat them last year in the Big 12 uh, title game. How do you see this one breaking down?
1: I am really intrigued by this matchup because to me, um, you know, the battle is going to be, like, in the trenches. Um, I mean, there's always a battle in the trenches, but that's um, what appeals to me the most. Um, you know, uh, Baylor has a really good offensive line. OSU has an incredible defensive line. And you can really, like, flip it the other way, too. Um, Baylor has an incredible defensive tackle who will be playing in the NFL next year. OSU's offensive line has, has come along really strong. I think it's gelling really well. So I think um that's where it starts for me um, just looking looking at those matchups there and you know just um looking forward to seeing how Spencer Sanders plays against Baylor um I did a, a, a podcast yesterday um with a couple of the the Baylor guys, um, the guys who cover Baylor uh, down in Waco, and and they pointed out how their perception of Spencer Sanders is very different from you know probably everyone else in the Big Twelve, just based on what what they spot saw from Spencer last season, which is not how he typically plays. Like he is a, a very good quarterback who had some unfortunate incidents in, in those two games.
0: So th- their perception being that maybe he's not as good as we know him to be because we we watch him every day
1: or maybe that he is turnover prone and um i i you know as mike gundy pointed out the other day you know when when you're quarterback who takes takes risks you know there's there's you know one way that that can go there's a high, high reward but there's also you know the the possibility of, of there being um interceptions and involved in that but you know looking back at, at um those those seven turnovers that um Spencer had in those those two Baylor games combined last year you know Mike he said you know he's he was getting hit while throwing in it you know when at least like three or four of those interceptions happened. so obviously that's a recipe for disaster and the protection has to be better um so you have to think the protection will be better um offensive line I think is better um but it's still so early in the season and as much as I like how the non-conference schedule shaped up for OSU um, and, and how OSU was able to get really good things out of each of those games. Um, this team is certainly not tested in the, in the way that, um, you know to the extent that we would really have a good feel for things. Um, but I think that's, it's, that's everywhere. Um, I mean, we could talk for a long time about the state of the Big 12 and all of the teams in it, but it's hard to get a good feel for, for teams this early in the season um even if they have played you know a a tougher um schedule so um
0: I don't know I don't know I don't remember what your question was and I don't know if that answered it no that was good I was just letting you roll and just just listening so I was listening to uh, our colleagues Garen Emig and Bill Haston on their podcast yesterday and they were talking a little bit about this matchup I think it might have been Bill who said you know that Spencer Sanders has to be special in this game um I don't really know if that's true, Kelly. I mean, I, I just think he just needs to not turn the ball over. Yeah. I mean, do you yeah, think Yeah, I this- guess
1: it depends on, on your definition of special. I I don't think that he um has to go out there and, and throw, you know, six touchdown passes. I don't think that he has to um, you know, just make these incredible plays. I think he needs to be Spencer Sanders, which that has been a very um, you know, as Mike Gundy says, he's a magician in our offense. And that, I think that's just like what sticks out to me about Spencer. He runs this offense the way it needs to be run. He has, um, you know, he's able to, um, you know, decide what what needs to happen. And he most of the time goes out and makes it happen. His his receivers are, um, you know, he has so many weapons now at his disposal. You know, if Jane Bray comes back this week, that's another one. Um, I think uh, everything is set up there for him. Um, and I think he is mature enough and confident enough to put what happened against Baylor, especially in December, um, you know, out of his mind and not be obsessed with with trying to be um, a special quarterback in this game. I think that that's um, the biggest takeaway, I think, with Spencer Sanders um, to this point is he's comfortable with who he is and, and he's confident in his abilities. So if you are able to combine that, even against a defense that's, that's really good, against, a, a, you know, NFL, future NFL players you're going up against, um, just know what you need to do and focus on that, and and I think it'll be a good situation for him. There might be some turnovers that are unavoidable, crazy things happen, but I really expect him to be – um, you know, just a, a better version of himself than, than what he was last year. But you know how it is when 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 something bad happens, especially with a the quarterback. Then you're 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 forcing it a little bit more the next time, and then then there's another turmoil, and then it just spirals and then it gets out of control, and then it's in your head. And but you know, I I know just from what Spencer has said about you know that was very difficult for him to process um, what happened. In Arlington, And his teammates really um, got him through that. And that was, um, I think, a really defining moment for him. And that's why I don't expect it to go the same way this time around. Anything could happen, though.
0: Yeah. So can you just, I mean, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I don't really know a ton about this Baylor team. Can you just give us kind of a quick breakdown on kind of who these guys are?
1: Yeah, I think um, what stands out about Baylor is um, it's an offense that is not what we're used to seeing. Like we're so used to the up tempo, can't play fast enough. Want to play as fast as possible. You know, I think um, that's that's what's different. It's very very methodical, very slower paced, and um, really good skill players. Um, a, a, you know, I think a, just a very solid, extremely well coached team. Um, and, you know, on defense, a, a ton of talent. Um, and I think they, on both sides of the ball, they stay in their, their what they're supposed to do. They stay within that very well. You don't see them, you know, doing anything super crazy. It's just a very um, disciplined and well-coached team that is, you know, not easy to beat. Um, you have to have some things go right. Um, they just are very talented just a really impressive team that I think is—it's—it's it's a program that, um, you know, I think OSU and Baylor are going to continue to rise to the top of the Big 12. Um, certainly after OU and Texas are, are are not in the picture. I think these are two programs that are built for sustained success, and they're not just going to be like a flash in the pan. You know, I think that they're they're going to have seasons. Um, maybe not make it to the Big 12 title game every year, but I feel like the programs are set up for, um, you know, the success to continue um, year
0: after year. Kelly, what what do you make of what's going on in the Big 12 so far this year? We've got, you know, uh, OU lost to K-State, which, I mean, it goes down on paper as an upset, but K-State is, you know, that's, that's not that shocking really. But you got Kansas that's, who's undefeated. Um, just what do you make of the big 12 of what you've seen so far this year?
1: I think it's going to be a wild ride to get to December and see what, which of these teams is going to be able to, you know, emerge from the path because, you know, when, when you look at what Kansas, Kansas founded a, a great head coach. And, and I think, um, you know, building a program when there hasn't been a lot of success, um, That's not easy to do, but all it takes is making a few good decisions and then you've changed the culture and and maybe things will not go well, you know, from this point on the rest of the season, but for them to actually be discussed as, as a legitimate team in the Big 12, obviously that's different. Um, I think there's a ton of potential, especially when you have a really good quarterback, having a, a capable head coach and a really good quarterback. It's amazing what, what can happen from there. Um, and, and I think, I think just, you know, there's like Mike Gundy said, and he says it, I think every year, but you know, the parity is there that um, there's not going to be a lot of separation between, you know, the top team and the bottom team. I think it's, it's closer than I've ever seen. It's still early. Um, and we get caught up in, 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 you know, September results and and, who knows how it goes from there. But I I definitely feel like that strengthens the perception of the league when when a team that has been, you know, the doormat is now, you know, undefeated. I think that that just makes it, um, you know, good for for playoff, you know, the whole who's going to make the playoff. I think that strengthens the Big 12's case. But on the other hand, you're going to have probably more losses for the big 12 champion because it's not going to, be, I, I would be shocked if any team went through big 12 play and, and was undefeated. I just don't see that happening. Um, But it's still, it's still early there. Are, there are some really good teams. And, and like you said, I I didn't really consider that as much of an upset with, with what happened to OU because of, of you know, Kansas state is a sneaky team and. Yes that's, that's always going to be one of those games that, you know, something like that could happen. Um, but I really feel like, um, if you're not attached to, to one big 12 team, like you're going to enjoy how this season goes because, um, you're going to see losses that maybe weren't expected, but I, I feel like there are are not going to be that many true upsets because that, that's just a parody in, in the league right now.
0: Let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little basketball. There was uh, a little basketball media availability this week. Uh, What can you say about Mike Boynton and his crew?
1: I am still learning about this team, but I love being able to watch practice, and that makes it a little bit easier to get familiar with the personnel. Um, And just, you know, getting to know Mike Boynton and how great he is with the media like he's he's very straightforward and and you know just talking about the scholarship scholarship situation you know obviously that's it's it's not ideal when when you have those um you know the sanctions that re, re result in reduced scholarships but just talking about how how you plan for that I mean he just he lays things out for you that, you know, most coaches I don't think would be that way. Um, but, you know, regarding his team, I, I think that um, there's reasons to be optimistic. You know, I, I think when you have someone like Avery Anderson, who, um, you know, has has been through, has, has won you games and has been through battles, um, I think you feel really good about him um bryce thompson is in better shape than ever which i didn't think he could get in any better shape so that's really i think he got his body fat down like by four percent and i'm like you had no body fat to start with how did that happen
0: yeah where Um, where is this four percent you're talking about
1: yeah um but i you know just seeing him he just seems um more uh developed and um he looked really good in practice um and, you know, the situation with, with Caleb Boone, with his his um, his brother leaving and that was kind of difficult, but he's kind of coming into his own and, and, you know, they're looking at using him at the four and he's never played the four before, but he's down to do it. And, you know, they can go big at times, they can go smaller at times. You know, I just feel like there's a lot of versatility with this team and, um, just just different personalities, and that's, that's you know, one of my favorite things about once you get to, to basketball season, um, it's, the access is a little bit different, and you get to know um, the players a little bit more, um, it's, it's less structured, and um, I think that's a part of it that I, I, I really enjoy. Um, love covering football because there's so many players and different storylines but you because there are so many you're not spending as much time with each of them other than like Spencer Sanders who does a lot of um media availabilities but um I think once it gets to basketball you're like, okay, especially being on a new beat it's you're trying to feel everybody out and um I think that's what makes me excited about it and I can't believe that it's October and well almost and. It's, it's basically time to get into that mode. But um, I like this team that Mike Boynton has. I, I think that they're, they're, um, there's talent, there are role players, um, there are the rotation, um, especially with the guards, looking forward to seeing how that shakes out.
0: Um, just a lot
1: of options for him, you know, depending on, on the matchups and, and that sort of thing.
0: I'm really rooting for Mike Boynton, and I have since the day he was hired. I really hope I just, I root for him. I think, I think guys like him are really good for college basketball. And like you said, he's, I just think he's a good guy. I think he's a good coach. He seems like a really, he seems like the kind of coach you want to play for, you know?
1: Yeah, and and you know, looking back on on what happened, you know, with with OSU essentially getting screwed um, with that that postseason bans and the, the scholarship reductions, you know, the way that he handled all of that and didn't care about showing emotion and and it was just so raw and so real and and you're like, you know, that's I just thought as as terrible as the situation was, just the way he handled it. And, you know, I wasn't there then. I wasn't on the beat then. But seeing it from afar, I'm like, man, that is somebody who cares. Like, that is someone who is invested. That's not someone who is like, well, okay, I'm, this is a short-term situation for me. And I'm just going to go coach somewhere else. And, you know, things happen. And he could be gone after the season. But it just the, the amount of care and, um, I don't know, just the way he let that, um, show without being over the top. And I mean, I think that's, that's a tricky situation. Like you don't really know how to handle that when, when you're, it's a gut punch and, and you don't want to be fake, but you don't want to be, um, numb or, you know, I think it's, it's just, it's the way he handled it. I was just so impressed with that. And, um, he continues to impress me. Um, he's someone who like nobody really can say anything bad about. He's very likable. And I think he's been able to bring in some good players and, um, you know, i am just am interested to see what, what that next step is with this team. Um, because there, I just had a cat sneeze on me. Did you hear that?
0: I did hear that. Yeah. I wasn't sure what it was, but I assumed it was, it was a cat. Yeah,
1: no, we haven't had any cat sightings. Um,
0: well, and we haven't, when I was feeding your cats the other day i i did a rough count and i
1: well I, we don't need to talk about the count oh
0: we're not okay fair yeah, enough okay. Not,
1: it's still kitten season okay like i don't think that it's any 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 cat younger than six months cannot count toward my total um it's unfair i'm just over here saving lives don't mind me um this cat is literally using the litter box right
0: here. Oh, I'm glad that's off off camera. I don't. know. Yeah. Nobody... Yeah, that's
1: so great. Love that for us. <coughs> you talk. I'm gonna mute me.
0: Okay. Well, what I was gonna tell you is, I uh, this was a couple years ago, and I heard uh, Mike Holder on a podcast or interview something. And it may have been after Boynton got the job, and he and he said, and the question was a good question. Said something to the effect of, you know, because a lot of people questioned the hire at the time. They're like, who's who's this guy? You know, da, da da da. And the question was something like, what was it? When did it hit you that Mike Boynton was your guy? And I, I mean, I'm not quoting him directly, but basically Holder said, after 10 minutes of talking to him in the interview. Or maybe maybe even less than that. Like he would it and and at the time you're you're like, yeah, okay, whatever, but I, I get it. I totally get it.
1: Yeah, and I think um I see how he would be as good of a recruiter as he is, because he's real and he's he's passionate. And I think a combination of those things um probably makes him really, really enjoyable to play yeah. for. And I think, um, just the embracing the whole, you know, family aspect within the team. And, and those are guys who you're spending a ton of time with, but like, you know, sometimes you, you come across teams that the, the players have that bond, but the coaches are kind of removed from it. Like, I've never gotten that sense with him. I, it's always been like, you know, we're going through this together and, and he's, he's experiencing the, the highs and the lows, you know, probably on a deeper level cause it's his job, but. Um, really trying to, you know, get these players to develop off the court too and into being better people. It's just those are the things that coaches talk a lot about that. I think every coach cares about that. But um, I just feel like with with Mike Boynton, like what you see is what you get. And sometimes like in the media, when you especially when you're like a beat writer, you can kind of be um not misled, but you're a little bit like, we want to see the best in people. Like I think most of us do. So, um, just being around him a little bit more to get a feel like, like no, I definitely feel like that's who he is. And, and he's someone who, who, you know, seems to, um, you know, like dealing with the media and any any coach who likes de- dealing with the media, I'm like, sounds great, let's do this. So I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better. I wouldn't say I know him like exceptionally well, like at this point, Um, but he has been very kind and really great to deal with so far.
0: All right, Kelly, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, you will be joined in Waco by columnist Garen Emig and photographer Ian Malls going with you. So it can- a great time. Yeah, y'all just just have fun on your little road trip to Waco. And uh, you can catch all of our coverage online Saturday night and in the Sunday paper. Kelly, safe travels. We'll talk next week. All right, thank you.